Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 136, we think, of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. So too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ender and I'm joined by a man who has just pulled himself off the uh, offline from a Black Friday purchasing spending spree. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, mate. How'd you know? I've actually have been doing a little bit of early Christmas shopping. Keep it, keep I it know, on the, I know it on you, the Lewis. I know you. And, you know, I've been looking around, interesting yeah. looking around, that uh, Shane Warne's brought out a fragrance. Did you know? Oh, has he? Ode de Dewan. SW23. SW23. Wow. What is, does there, what sort of notes does it come across? Is it a oh, you know, nice willow, tobacco will- and, and baked beans? We, yeah, willow, baked beans and leather. Leather oh, right. and, yeah, and, and uh, spit on leather and rub right. on pants sort of smell. Yeah. yeah uh, any, any, any sort of Rogaine aromas there for all he's trying to do to try and help his, help his hair? Is that where we apply the SW23 is onto our scalp, Lewis, to try Maybe. and help, well, help us out? Well, what if, what if we brought out a fragrance? Could we do Ooh. one? Two vets, two pets. Uh, yeah, one, 137. What would we call it? Well, you've got to be pretty careful talking about uh, creating a fragrance when you're a vet because there's not many pleasant fragrances that come well, around when you're uh, in the veterinary industry. Let's be perfectly frank. Maybe anal glands 101. Oh, nice. Well, that would go well. Next to your Britney Spears and your, your, I don't know, whoever the other ones are, your Kim Kardashian fragrances. Yeah, but I guess another anal one. Anal glands would... 101. Oh, no, I guess another one would be the um, hemorrhagic diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's got a very a very distinct drive. Oh no, hang on, how about this one? Pseudomonas. Those, those nice, yes, those nice uh, aeruginosa. Yes, let's get that part into it. Yeah. yeah. Or malasthesia pachydermatitis. Oh, oh, there it is. Hello. Yeah, hello, listeners ladies. are loving this. They're loving <laughs> this. It could be. We could have a bit of. It could be a fray. I reckon anal glands. Anal glands one hundred one. That's us. Well, it's pretty easy to get. The people just have to walk past the vet clinic window and just leave the window open. We've just got to stand to the side without any tissue paper and just squirt it straight onto them. Oh, oh, I got I got copped by some anal glands the other day. It's a, um, it was terrible. I had the uh, and always Lewis, always it's just before lunchtime. Oh so, yeah. So I had the the tissue paper in front of the in front of the 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 the, the duct, you know, the the opening of. Um, and I'm standing to the side because you know I'm a, I've got plenty of experience here, and you know, not to stand right in front of the barrel. No. Um, uh, but unfortunately, it came off at such an angle and came out with such force that it bounced off the tissue paper and still went up the sleeve of my shirt. Oh no! Professional that I am, Lewis, I did not miss a beat. I just kept on going at it. I didn't go. Oh no, that's going to have ruined my lunch. I just kept on doing it. I just rolled the sleeves up a little bit further and just kept on with my. Just kept on, and you, and all day you were just anal glands one hundred and one. Anal, anal glands one hundred and one. That's my fragrance. <laughs> Very nice. Well, speaking of, uh, of of yucky things as well, mate. I've been doing a bit of a uh, dumpster diving today. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you on the freeting uh, uh, bandwagon? Are you? Well, th- well, free eating. 
free for eating. Well, things are tough. Things are tough. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I um, it's a little, bit of a long story. But during the week, I uh, I had a cat in that uh, that a young kitten wasn't doing so well, vomiting quite a bit. Uh, one of the other vets thought they could feel a lump in the abdomen, and and so booked in for we did some X-rays on it. And sure enough, on the X-rays, we thought there was a little sort of a almost looked like a needle from a needle and thread. Oh yes, in the abdomen. So we thought, oh, look at you know, it's got a lump, you know, it's 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 got something on the X-ray. I think we need to go in. It's vomiting. Everything points to something being stuck in the intestines. Um, and so you know, surgery. I thought, oh, I'm going to find needle and thread. This you know should should be a fun thing. Went in there, and about uh, a big lump came out, and uh, a six six centimeter or so intersusception of uh, of the ilium. Wow, um, which which I'd never seen before. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. So for the uh, for the listeners out there, interception basically, if you think of the uh, the gut being a long tube, um, and then one sort of part of the gut kind of telescopes over the other part of the gut, and then blocks off the blood supply, and effectively effectively kills that that sort of section of the gut, and uh, and makes makes them very sick, quite painful. Although this cat remarkably was in good spirits despite yeah, right. the vomiting. Um, so and, yeah, yeah and, just for a bit of um, you know, techno babble, had it gone, like had it taken up the ileocecal valve, the valve from the no. small intestine and large intestine, it was just no. in the, just, just in the, the, the ileum, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, just a section of the ileum, a good six centimeters. So it did a full, you know, resected that bit of the gut out um, and then did a, what we call an anastomosis where we put Humpty back together again, the two ends back together again. And yes. we, uh, you know, all the blood vessels associated with it. Something I hadn't, I've never done 20 years of being a vet, yeah, had right. not done that. So um just oh, really? a, a, an intersusception or, or the, yes. the anastomosis? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, both, would you believe it? Oh, I reckon wow. I've seen an interception yeah, right. in a puppy before, but didn't go so well. We didn't get mm. to surgery on, on that one. Um, but um, but this cat was the first time I'd seen interception in, in a surgical opening of the gut and then then doing the procedure to, to repair it. So loved, loved the surgery. It was a long, obviously a long, long procedure. But um, so cat woke up. Going really well. Next day, eating, doing really well. Beautiful, really friendly little kitten. Just beautiful, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous animal. And um, and uh, and so I thought uh, uh, while I was in there, I thought, well, there's this metal thing. You know, we cut into the interception once we're taken out. The nurse looked through it, couldn't find this sort of metal object. And in the end, I looked through the whole of the gut, all yep. the bowel. There was a bit of feces in the bowel. Couldn't find this this sort of metal thing. It wasn't obviously. I thought, look, I've been in here two hours. The cat's getting a bit cold. Procedure's going a bit long. I've got to wake it up. There's nothing more I can do. Yes, you, know, you, can, you thought, can't remove what you can't find. Yeah, thought we could take some X-rays in in theatre, but we don't have the setup for that sort of a difficult sort of thing to do. So, woke it up. Thought, well, you know, perhaps it's a red herring. Hopefully, um, and cat woke up eating, doing really well. And so we thought, all right, well, um, next day let's take an X-ray. Yeah, see, so, and it could, yeah. sure enough. A little bit of metals in there in the poo now, so it's passing through like passing through. literally a red herring. Wow. Went to work today, change over shifts. The, the the cat's fine. You know, we're really just sort of waiting for that poo to come through. And I think the message had been uh, oh no, the nurse uh, got the message that yeah, I wanted the poo. Go through the poo. We want to find what this metal thing is. They've been through the poo, and uh, I went. Uh, I'm not working today. Today's sort of my my day at home, shall we say, yes. working from home. Uh, and I thought, look, I'll pop into work and I'll see how it's going. And, uh, and sure enough, uh, done a poo nurse had been through the poo, but then thrown the poo into the dumpster. Right. Or taking an x-ray of the poo of the poo. Yes. So I thought, x-ray the poo. I thought, all right, I won't x-ray the cat. I'll x-ray the poo. Yes. So dumpster diving. I went into the dumpster. 
Wow. For the cat's poo. And I x-rayed it and didn't get a lot of information from the x-ray. It was a bit too powerful, the x-ray, to get sort of yeah. a low enough power to, to see the little metal object. And then, so I thought maybe it's in the poo. So it went through the poo, couldn't find the poo. Then eventually I did re-x-ray the cat. It's gone from the cat and it's not in the poo. It's a mystery. mystery. Just totally uh, gone. Mystery. Now, out of interest, um, what sort of time frame are we talking here that you were going through the dumpster and then playing with the cat poo on your day off? I just want to try and get some sort of a, like a time stamp on how long you spent on this mysterious metal object. Uh, at, uh, out of work hours, you mean? Out of work, yeah, today. Yeah, I was in, I work an hour, probably. I was at work probably an hour, just going at, through the, you know, scooping up the poo. <laughs> now, are you sure that you got the right poo, Lewis? Like, was there only one lot of cat poo that was there, or did you have to, like, line up six different cats' poo? Would you believe it? The bin had been emptied uh, last night, and the nurse just uh, not bagged the poo, <laughs> just dumped the whole litter tray into the bin. So it was just there, plain to see. But it was right. a, bit, a bit far to me to actually reach down and grab it. I had to actually climb into the dumpster and dumpster dive for the feces. And when people sort of came and said, what are you doing here at work, Lewis? I said, I'm just taking some x-ray off some, some, some tish, some, some SH. Oh, yeah. IT, you know? <laughs> so it was, it was perfect. It was lots of, lots of jokes, but... Great amps come with cats. Yeah, what, a, what, what a degree of, uh, of um, uh, you know, de- determination, you know, that you mm-hmm. have for your profession. And I hope you, uh, I hope the nurses let the, uh, the cat's owner know just how committed you are to coming through and to be fishing through the cat's poo. I mean, maybe the owner will just collect the next lot of cat's poo for the next week for you just as a, as a thank you gift, because obviously you rate it so highly that you go in there on your day off to go and collect some. Oh no, it's just one of those things, mate, where you just, you just want to know. I just want to know what it is. What is that thing? But I still don't know. It's probably just a little piece of aluminium foil, something, something ridiculous. That Could be. Could be. How old was the cat? Oh, six, nine months. Only young. Oh wow. Yeah. So just a little one. Yeah. Yeah, Only young. Yeah. So there you go. Dumpster Uh, diving, mate. Well, uh, and uh, you know, uh, following along the the toilet humour, I had uh, <laughs> a, a, a fun one um, at the start of the week where um, I was uh, giving a dog a, an anaesthetic in order to uh, in order to uh, uh, I was going to be desexing his twelve month old dog. He's a little bit nervous though, so we're taking our time and um, you know patting him from the side, and I've come up in around in front of him, give him a pat his chest, um, but he got himself a little bit uh, just a little bit stressed out, and so he's just shot out a little bit of stress wee now. Yeah. Now, 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 stress wee in female dogs is fine because it points downwards and so it lands on the ground and you can move aside and that's okay. Usually there's no collateral damage. Um, however, Lewis, this was uh, nicely first thing in the day and it was a clean pants day as well, mind you. And um, so I'm kneeling down in front of the dog, giving him a pat and I've just gone to lift up his leg and he's done the little, uh, done the little stress wee and it's just shot straight out at me and hit me uh, directly in what can only be called the crotch area. Area, so um, so so uh, quite um, quite dead eye dead eye aim uh, to uh, to aim the wee just directly at the uh, at my bits, and so uh, you then had to spend the rest of the day with a, a slightly you know dog wee moistened uh, you know crotch area. We wearing the the bone, the beige, the ivory. What colour pants are we talking, mate? We we are talking a darker. Um, it's, it's a little bit darker than the than the beige. It's a um, a, a quite a, like a. I guess you might call it a khaki beige, Lewis. Right, the no, iron free shinwa. Come back yes. to come back that's to the it. Shane Warne. Yep, that's exactly free. it. 
very, very difficult to hide that particular um, guy. And I, I said to the nurse, I said to Mel, I got, this dog's just weed on me right over where it looks like I've just weed on myself. <laughs> and so once she'd finished laughing, she said, would you like to go and dry yourself off? I said, no, it's fine. Hopefully it'll just dry off in surgery. So oh. <laughs> on, on, on we went, Lewis. Yeah, we'd say we're professionals and you've just got to roll with it, don't you? Much like when you're, when you're dumpster diving for cat poo, sometimes you've just got to get on and just do what you've got to do. Alrighty, guys. So, uh, we, big thank you to uh, to our sponsors, Zilkeen, big supporter of the podcast, Mild Anxiety Lowering Medication. Had a dog this week uh, that uh, uh, I think we talked about on the podcast maybe a couple of weeks ago, where the owner and the dog had unfortunately been hit by a car. Oh yes. Uh, and I spoke to the owner this week and the dog's now having problems going for a walk in the morning. Doesn't like oh. to go outside for a walk and the incident occurred in the morning. So we're sort of thinking like a post-traumatic stress sort of issue going yes. on there. So, and then we talked to, I talked to the owner and they weren't keen on going straight for medication despite, uh, you know, what I sort of suggested. So we said, Let, let's try some Zilkeen uh, to help calm that dog down and make it uh, make it comfortable for going out on those walks in the morning. So, and, and using some food as well to make it comfortable and happy to go out for walks again. So fantastic use there for it, um, which is, which is really, really good. So if you've got a dog or a cat with some mild anxieties, um, certainly a great product you can get over the counter at your vet clinic or at, at, uh, at your local uh, pet shop. And nice and safe too. So there's not much in the way of interactions with other medications. So a good, uh, a good option. Um, I actually had a, uh, a cat this morning, Lewis, that I was, uh, we've been uh, seeing that's got skin issues. So it's uh, incredibly itchy. And we tried uh, one, of, one of the other vets who's not one of the members of the podcast here, Lewis, tried this cat on, uh, on a different diet for the cat skin and the cat wouldn't eat it. So I said to the owner, you know what you need to try? You need to try Dallas. Delicate care. Yeah. I said, really? Why delicate care? I said, well, I'm glad you asked. Delicate care is actually an Australian made diet. Would you believe Mr. Owner where the protein is a novel protein diet that is duck and kangaroo. So if you've got a cat that has sensitive skin or stomach issues that may potentially be due to some sort of an allergy, this would be a perfectly good option. And they said, Oh my goodness, will my cat eat it? And I said, well, let me tell you that my cats like eating it. So yes. hopefully yours will too. So yes. anyway, Anyway, there you go. And oh my goodness, uh, uh, what a segue that thanks for your sponsorship, Delicate Care. Imagine that. Uh, uh, what a what a coincidence. Who would have thought just chatting about a case you had today and it happens to be that you use Delicate Care for treatment option. Fantastic, mate. Well, well done. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Lewis. Yes, 10% of me was thinking, perfect. Now I've got a story that I can tell about using, <laughs> having used Delicate Care today. Um, I would have used it anyway, but uh, yeah, there was a little bit in my head that thought, Geez, it's good being able to come in and say, you know what? I've used this today. So nice. thank you very much, Delicate Care, for your sponsorship. Yes. And also thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, you guys are fantastic. We do, uh, we really do appreciate your support. You're, uh, you're the close ones. And we did have, uh, did have a Facebook message, I think from, uh, I forget, I think it was Sarah, Sarah. Fraser. Sarah yep. Fraser. So thanks very much, Sarah. We appreciate saying we helped her get her through her, uh, through her vet nursing exams. I think she was saying so with all our, with all our, our, our silly chat and chit chat and uh, case case stuff. So thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Now, uh, Lewis, um, in yep. scouring the, the newspapers uh, this week for stories, I was wondering if you were across the, uh, uh, the, the president's giant golden erection. Well, well, 
It depends what you're talking about, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Turkmenistan's president who has erected a giant gilded dog monument honouring the alibi breed on a busy Ashgabat roundabout. Very nice. Very nice. Very well, nice. Th- there was a, a little bit of me that was thinking that, that you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Estan's um, region are probably looking for some media that doesn't actually involve uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, so a, a huge gilded statue of an alibi dog. And I've never heard of an alibi dog. Have you ever heard of an alibi dog? A- alibi? Is it, um, is it, has it got a good excuse or why it wasn't there? Well, quite possibly. Uh, well, yeah. I wasn't at the intersection because it's mainly yes. there, the big, the big golden one. That's now, right. the, it's not me. It was the other guy. No, yeah, I've got was, this alibi. <laughs> that wasn't me that did the poo on the floor. That was the <laughs> other dog. I've got the alibi. He's got no alibi. That's He's right. just a border collie. He's got the guilty look on his face. It's him. It's, it's right. Here. Well, and, and uh, the alibi breed is also known as the wolf crusher. Ooh, Ooh wow. Now, how's that as an, as a, uh, an MME uh, mixed, mar- or mixed martial arts uh, name. MMA. Yeah, yeah. The, the Wolf Crusher. Wow. And good luck. Red corner weighing in at 430 pounds from Turkmenistan. It's the Wolf Crusher. Wow. That's pretty. That's a hot name. Maybe that could be the name of our scent. Wolf Crusher. Wolf Crusher. Wolf Crusher. Land. Wolf Crusher. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, this is then when the story starts to you know go a little bit. Yeah. So, dogs and horses are. Yeah. Sorry. Be interesting if you wanted to import your dog. You know, alibi. Your dog named Alibi and uh, and uh, and breed Wolf Crusher. Would you? Wolf Crusher. Would you get some special attention at the border potentially if you had the dog called a Wolf Crusher? A wolf Crusher. Oh yeah. And, 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 occupation. I crush wolves. <laughs> That's right. Right. Okay. No, no problems yeah. at all. No one. Uh, my, what big teeth you have! All the better for crushing, <laughs> crushing wolves, big bad wolf. Yeah. Um, now, uh, so yeah, dogs and horses are a source of national pride in the isolated desert nation, where they are widely u- widely used by the many traditional herders among the population of six million, which largely depends on revenues from natural gas reserves. Uh, natural gas reserves. So you know they like, like, like a bit of. Like a bit of mining there. So right. you know, I thought you said natural cash reserves. I cash thought that reserve. was, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is, there is then, unfortunately, then the story goes on to show about how, um, uh, let me see uh, if I can pronounce his name properly. Uh, Mr. Birdie Mukhamadov. Oh, uh, yes. 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 Uh, Muk- Mukhammer. Yep. Yeah. It's also uh, called the, the Central Asian Shepherd Dog. Uh, he's, he's a, he considers it a national heritage and he's already written a book as well as a poem about them. So he really loves this dog. Um, the Wolf Crushers. So much so that he actually gave one to Vladimir Putin, uh, the, the Russian president. Now, unfortunately, then there's a picture of him handing the uh, uh, President Putin uh, a, uh, one of these dogs where he's got the puppy in a scruff. And so at that oh. point, I look and I go, well, there's a, there's a, yeah, a, poor, oh, a poor little dog that's probably, you know, in, in, a, in a bit of a crap sandwich right there yeah well that's, that's anyway good but give it to putin where's it going from there did he did he also give putin the horse that he rides around on topless is that is that is there any connection there he may have done i haven't actually seen whether or not there's the the picture of a of the wolf crusher riding along next to uh putin on the bareback on the back of his bare-chested horse i'm not sure but but there could be there could be because this picture was from a couple of years ago so maybe the dog's been trained up to run next to putin's horse now as well 
And if we can just say, uh, uh, yeah, a podcast that does go worldwide, big supporter of Putin, and um, and please just leave my cup of tea alone. I thank you. I just uh, like to have it just yeah, on yeah. my own. Don't Undocted. go drinking. Don't no. don't go drinking tea in Soho at the moment, mate. <laughs> no, 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 we won't. Not after we've talked about Putin on the horse with the Wolf Crusher from Turkmenistan. Yeah, that's, that, that's what he calls his horse too, is Wolf Crusher. I'm going to go on Mount Wolf Crusher. Very, very good, Mr. President. Sorry, hang yes. on, we're getting some static here. I'm not sure exactly what I said just then. Anyway, so there you go. A big golden erection. What have you got, Lewis? Wow. Oh, very good. Well, uh, similarly overseas, mate, something, something uh, certainly, uh, certainly worthy of, of news. Definitely. Something eye-catching? Yeah, well, abc.net.au Belgian racing pigeon fetches record price of $2.6 million at auction. Wow. Is wow. this, a, is this a, a golden, a golden gilded uh, racing pigeon as well? Well, you'd think so. The golden goose, the golden goose. And it's, it's not one of the ones that's come over the Adelaide Hills and ended up at the Port Melbourne vet clinic <laughs> yeah, right. that, that we get. No, that's def- definitely not one of those. It's a, a wealthy Chinese pigeon racing fan put down a record price of 2.6 Pigeon fanciers, they call them. Those pigeon fanciers. Well, no, he's a racing fan. Is that different to a fancier? No, I'm not sure. I think you've you you still do be a, it. We, I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, well mate, no, I, I used to clear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm listen very interested. This might get make, me back into it. Yeah. Uh, $2.6 million for the Belgian bred bird, saying a lot more than merely what kind of money can be made in the once quaint sport. Oh, quaint. Was it quaint? Was it quaint when you did it, mate? There's some very quaint people associated with it. Hello to all of our pigeon racing fanciers out there. <laughs> our fanciers out there. The ones with that ad with a big M ad. How quaint an Australian car. Do you remember that? No. Anyway, I don't remember that one, no. Big M ad. Anyway, which, uh, which seemed destined, uh, so the sport seemed destined to decline only a few years back. During a frantic last half hour at the end of a two-week auction at the Pippa Pigeon Centre near Bruges, Two-week auction. How many birds are they auctioning at this damn auction? Well, yeah, two Chinese bidders operating under the pseudonyms Super Duper and Hitman. Oh, I love it. This yeah. is, oh, more, this more MMA. More MMA. Yes, that could have been us, mate. Would you be? What would you? Would you be? You'd be Super Duper for sure, and I'd be the Hitman. No doubt about it. Is it is it Super Duper or is it Zuper Duper after the <laughs> frozen ice treat that uh, the kids like having after school on a hot day? I'm not sure the 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 Zuper Duper has made its way into into the Bruges uh, pigeon fancies markets as a as a trade name. Not sure it has. No, from from the backyards of of uh, of the outer burbs of Melbourne. No, no. Maybe maybe we could uh, open up a little super duper or super duper stall there next year because you know obviously well, now well, first before that was super duper the the winning bidder or did he get taken out by by the the by other the hit, yeah he got oh, by shot the hitman shot by the hitman taken out by the hitman. And I've, I'm going to have to hold on for a second. I've got someone at the front door, mate. I don't know what's going on. Hang on a Seamless, sec. this recording. Seamless. I know. Unbelievable. And we're back for the probably going to be the most edited episode of the podcast we've done for a very long time. Hey, so Super Duper and Hitman. Yes. Dro- drove up the price by $455,000. Holy crap balls. Leaving the previous record that Belgian bred Armando fetched last Mundo. year. Well, be- 
Armando, well behind uh, on $569,000. So absolutely eclipsed Armando's record. Super Duper got the hen. Super Duper. And behind the pseudonym, he said to be the same wealthy Chinese industrialist who already had Armando allowing oh. for breeding with the two. Oh, hello. So Armando must be a cock and, uh, and Super Duper's that. Or the other one, whose name is Big Kim, I think. Oh, be, how, I think it's Big Kim. I'm all the way from North Korea. Hello, Big Kim. My name is Armando. Armando. We are going to make expensive babies. Armando. Armando. Now, that astounds me because, let's face it, they are pigeons, right? They weigh all of about 500 grams, right? How many... Hundreds of thousands of euros is that per gram of bird. I mean, one of those birds' feathers, one of its feathers, not even one of its pretty feathers. I'm talking about one of the crappy little downy ones that falls out when it does a poo would be (laughs) worth about 5,000 bucks. Well, think about how much money you you could have had, mate, if you kept doing your your quaint little thing that you I had a pigeon called Amando too. (laughs) Maybe it's the same one. They live. was Amanda. they lived 20 years somewhere. I read somewhere. Anyway, let's move on. Proof again that an age-old hobby in Western Europe identified with working-class men. Jeez, they're really oh, yeah. sick of the boot. Class. Yeah. Quaint working class at uh, 2.5 million. Now has a new elitist foreign lease on life. Top breeders relying on generations of family experience can now sell their birds for prices unheard of nearly a decade ago and often China is their destination. Wow. On this occasion, successful breeder Gaston Van retired at is 76. There, is there an umlau on top of that? The... Uh, let me read it again. Gaston Van That's his name. A genuine. Excellent. Retired at 76 and his son, Robbie. Well, hang on. Hey, hey. Hang, hang on. Hang on. Gaston Van. Is, yep. that, your, is that a relation? Look, it's my middle name. So it's a traditional family name. You're not pronouncing it correctly, mate. It's more like. Yeah, it's because of, because I was born in Australia. It means that I, I find it very hard to try and hit that natural dialect. Yeah, it's a it's a real bastardized version of it, and I apologise to to my family and all of my ancestors. I I, I bring shame upon my family, but particularly Gaston, he's retired. And his son has is too busy has too busy a professional life running a vet clinic in Waverley to continue the famed pigeon coop. All four hundred and forty five birds were put on auction. So this is a whole coop they're selling. This is a clearing sale. It is. It is. It's like a Swan Street auctions, mate. Wow. Just list the whole coop and put an auction. And the overall sale was already pushing past $9.8 million. What happened to your little quaint wow. little setup when you got rid of it, mate? Pigeon uh, pie, $5. Was, was, the there anything, was there anything mentioned in there about uh, the fact that that pigeon was actually chock full of uh, blood diamonds or anything like that or gold bullion? Because... You know, like there's a whole, a whole lot of hundred dollar euro notes just sort of shoved up the cloaca. Well, there is a bit of a mention a little bit further on as to what might be, uh, what might be involved with the money. There might be a money laundering aspect to it. Oh, no. Yes. A second no. part of the auction, a second part of the auction is ending on Monday, but did not include any bird that could match. Oh, sorry. New Kim. 
New Kim, New not Kim. old Kim, not New old Kim. Kim, not old Kim, New Kim. It's it still amounted to an amazing weekend for one pigeon breeder. Belgians have long stood out as the best breeders, both because of their generations long experience and the density of a network where many breeders can organize races close together. It's not a short term endeavor. However, since becoming expert at genetic breeding expert at genetic breeding with the constant mixing and mating of birds takes years, if not decades, birds can live up to 15 years. Wow. Wow. Now, one of those people that drop them off, they fly into Port Melbourne Vet Clinic. They want to come pick them up because they've got many years ahead. And 2.5 million euros potentially oh. sitting in your, uh, at the back of your cattery. I'm going to ask for a reward next time. I'm going to say, no, there's a, there's a, we've got a fee. There's a finder's fee, mate. For this. It's incredible. Everybody's interested in our pigeons. Pascal Bodengein, head of the Belgian Pigeon Federation, told the Associated Press, only a decade ago, this record price for a pigeon stood at one-tenth of New Kim's price. As so often, globalization has made the difference. With the rise of business wealth in China came also conspicuous consumption and a new venue for gambling. Oh, Somehow, oh, oh. pigeons fit the bill. Well, they're, they're things that fly so, or things that move. So I guess there's a chance that someone would have a book on them. Well, forget the Mahjong, mate. Forget the Mahjong. It's uh, it's all about it's all, it's all about the new Kim. The f- yeah, new Kim and Armando. Uh, is there any is there any word that new Kim is um you know based on Kim Kardashian? Like, is that the reason oh. why there's the big uh, the big price tag there? Is there she, is it- well, she she has got quite a large derriere, right? You know, alleged derriere, as she would as uh, as Armando would say. Is there any sort of uh, you know, uh, compromising tape that's been produced of, 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 of new Kim? And is that, is that part of the thing the, that's driven the price up the, to try the, and get Armando, you know, Armando's pheromones, your know, feathery pheromones moving? <laughs> you think a bit of a cloaca kiss video? Oh, I think there's I been a leak. Go, I wasn't going to go that far, but, you know, I guess if, if you're bringing that into evidence. Woof. Wow. Hot stuff. I wonder if he's got an Instagram page. She well, may do. New Kim Instagram page. China often features one loft racing where pigeons all get used to one coop for months and then are released many hundreds of miles away to make their way back with their unique sense of orientation and special speed training. Prize pots can reach into the tens of millions of euros. Holy crap balls. That is a lot more than the $300 that people are racing for in Melbourne. <laughs> $300? Really? Wow. Oh mate, they they they'll sell their pigeons for bucket loads, but the prize money is literally well. Well, I, I, okay, this was thirty years ago, yeah. but uh, I can't imagine that there's been a steep escalation in uh, racing pigeons prize money. I want to have a look and see. While you while well, you think, keep telling the story, things have changed, mate. I'm pretty sure it's one bitcoin now. If, if you win the the local. a whole bitcoin, yeah, bitcoin. Wow. That's right. For breeding, though, there is no place like Belgium. This is where, little more than a generation ago, the National Weekend Radio News was followed by announcements on whether pigeons were released in faraway places in France or even Spain and what weather conditions the birds were facing. After World War II, the Belgian had over 250,000 members in the Pigeon Fancier Federation. Now there are 18,000, Mr. Bowden Gine said. Pigeon breeding demands constant attention every single day of the year. These demands have turned away many modern folk, once sending the sport into decline. To be the best, it has to be your life's work. For some, it may seem boring day in, 
day out, winter and summer, always those pigeons. <laughs> he said. The constant cooing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once bitten, though, many remain committed for life. And news that a pigeon can sell for $2.6 million could prompt new challenges to enter the sport. Mr. Bowden Jine welcomed the development, but urged patience, patience and a reality check. Anybody thinking about getting into our sport to get money out of it had better think again and move on to another sport, he said. Really? Wow. He's like caber tossing. He's bringing it down, isn't he? Jeez, he's not, 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 he's not, you know, he's, he's, he's head of the federation. Yeah. But he's sort of not really a good, uh, you know, a good spokesperson for the benefits of pigeon breeding and fancying, is he? That's because he doesn't want to dilute the gene pool, Lewis. He doesn't oh. just want people running around a Federation Square and throwing an old bed sheet over there and just getting a couple <laughs> of you know, dirty old Merly pigeons. That, you know, and that just, ones, just, they're all fed on chips and roast chicken and stuff at Fed, Fed Square. Fed, Fed Square in Melbourne. Bit. Yeah, yeah. just put put a, put a couple of them inside of a shoebox and just, you know, let you know, just, just grow the um, Neo-Kim rather wow. than you can just go Neo-Kim. Now you can just uh, shoot him full of bit of bit of the bit of the pigeon steroids and let him go. Well, you keep in the coop and let him go so they come back. Hey, now now just out of uh, out, out of interest for you, mate. Just while you were talking, I just did a quick little Google oh, search. You got the latest um, results? Uh, well, you know, interestingly, so unfortunately, this is news from last year um, from Pigeon Media, Pigeon Radio Australia. <laughs> what right. is there a podcast? Julie is a podcast. Everyone's oh, got a podcast. just having a look and seeing if there's a podcast. I mean, if there's, if there's anyway. middle-aged men involved, I'm sure they'd have a podcast. Yeah. Another big prize money race in Melbourne, Australia for 2019. No rings. Nominate your birds presented by the VHA. VHA 110, Mount Hope 350-mile race on the 2nd of October, 2019. Isn't that Bathurst? Well, oh, Mount be. Panorama. Mount Sorry. Panorama around there. Yeah. Um, uh, Melbourne, Australia, the VHA, the Victorian Homing Association, has announced they'll be running a big money pigeon race with a first prize of $110,000. No way. No what? need to purchase rings for this one. You can nominate your birds at $100 per entry. There will be a first prize of $110,000 and guaranteed 20 prizes paid. Your nominations and entries must be paid before the first. Blah 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 blah. So there you go. Wow, that's come a long way from the quaint working class days yourself, mate. How many did you have in the uh, in the old coop? In, in in the coop, I reckon we must have had. I reckon we probably would have had fifty or sixty. Ooh, in there. That's at two million each. That's a that's a cool ten, mate. Oh, what's going on? Oh, um, what happened it, it, to them? How many pies did you make? Oh, not many because there's not a lot of meat on them, isn't there? Yeah, you, know, you need to stew that bone, those bones for a long Ooh. time to try and make them edible. Um, now, now, just having a look on the uh, the Pigeon Media Pigeon Radio website, um, and uh, Pigeon Radio Australia's podcast <laughs> from the 23rd of November 2020, two hours and 46 minutes. Whatever you do, don't put your dad on it. That one's going to be a little bit too long for yeah, him, Lewis. Don't, don't listen to that one, uh, uh, Dr. Kirkham. Don't, don't, no. don't get to that one, Dad. That is, that is way too long. Wow. That's what a, is, that's it, is, it all just, is it all just cooing and ahhing? And, oh, let's see. So we're, we're, it's, uh, let's, it's, see what, let's see what new Kim's got to say today. 
oh yeah, he had a good race. Yep, yep. And uh, and how far did you fly? Oh, yep. Oh, over the Adelaide Hills. Fantastic. Do you see any hawks or eagles on the way? Is that how it works? A bit of an interview sort of oh, thing. I think so. So we've got um. So so they've gone in there. That's featuring. Just put the mic Ivan on your mouth, Ponte. mate. What's that? Oh yeah, it just it just yeah. kept that there. They, they yeah. wouldn't do that on Pigeon Talk Radio, Lewis. No. It'd be much more professional there. Um, but yeah, no, they've they've even covered the story here of New Kim. And uh, oh. yeah, it looks like they've got a they've got a picture here of uh, of, of of the hitman after his successful successful is win it, there. So is he holding Big Kim up like it like it's you know it's the belt in the MMA? Is he is he proudly displaying it or is it in a cage just hanging by his side? Well, well, interestingly, it does look like um, uh, new sorry, new Kim does have a uh, it almost it does look like a, a, an Instagram page here. So there's um yeah mm. a, a lovely sign on profile shot of the pigeon because I don't know if you know, but they actually uh, enjoy just the sign on. There's a there's an open wing shot on there as well. So so it's kind of like um you know pigeon Tinder if you will, where you've got the sign on profile shot. Then there's the Show us how long your wing is. You know that's the second one there. Yeah, and that's then, a big that's a big calling card. Often found, particularly by the the males. I think uh, how how, how long wing. your wing is. Yeah, yeah, that's a big yeah. And and the ladies not so impressed by that, but still often a, often a tribute that's shown on that. I think on on the yep yep. And also then a close up of the eye as well, which might be a way for them to actually make sure that you're actually buying like this. I'm talking like a really close up one of this wow. big eye, which must be a, uh, a way of identifying them that, or just to say that, yes, it's got an eye. It doesn't actually specify if it's the left eye or the right eye, but it's got a picture of the eye there. So and there being, you go. Being, being an, an ex quaint, Working class pigeon fancier. Yes. Is it diff, is it easy to tell between pigeons, or do you think there could be a flying cotton situation where they bring in a ring in and sell it for two point six? It's actually old Kim that sold as new Kim. Well, it's it's interesting you mention that now. I, this is going from my memory banks from a while back, and there's been an awful lot of Marvel movies between now and then um, that has uh, that's dissipated some of my knowledge. But um, basically, so so you get the the each. Uh, you buy a certain number of rings that, that are the permanent ones that go onto the baby's eggs. But the thing is, you're, you know, it's not like there's a single independent person, or at least not back then, that would come along and do a DNA swab and say to you that, oh, yes, this is the definitely the eggs. But what I remember actually sometimes, like, so if dad had um, like some eggs that were laid that from, you know, a, not necessarily a, um, a, a, an Alexandro and new Kim, uh, you know, sort of stuff, not, not quite that much, and, and, but if, but if there was eggs from there, you take them from the mum and put them under a, a, a lesser, a lesser mm. hen so that she would raise them as her own. So that then, you know, uh, the, 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 the big, the big money ones would actually get on and get on the job again and lay you some more eggs. It's, more, it's interesting tracing sort of mechanism. Is it how you, you know that if if new Kim and Armando do make the babies, how you sort of do ensure that they haven't done the old egg switcheroo there? Just just paint the paint the red bird blue and go. Oh yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah. This, is an, this is another new Kim. This is this is a little little new Kim. Yeah, go well, ahead, I, you know, north north uh, northwest Kim. We did. <laughs> we, we did have a, a bird come, a pigeon coming the other day. The owner wanted a microchip removed and a. And a different ring put on its leg. Oh, that's Whoa. Whoa, hang on Controversial. a second. Hang on. That's, yeah. that's, uh, now I know what they're going to be talking about in December's edition of the Pigeon Radio Australia's <laughs> podcast. Anyway, let's give too- them a link. Let's send them a link to our let's, podcast and see if we're on, the, on track. Let's get someone on interview them. That'd be awesome. 
Why not? Why not? We, 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 we've been well. talking about uh, been talking about interviewing interesting people from the animal world. So let's uh, let, let's go for that. Um, now uh, let's hit the disclaimer. Yeah, uh, yeah. All advice on this show is generally nature, so please con- consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Time for a break. Sounds good, mate. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout-out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in P-A-W-S? <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. <laughs> it certainly did, mate. But seriously, the PetSure webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure, yeah. And you know they're presented by Pet Shore's Chief Vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less. So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petsure.com.au for more information. Alrighty, guys, welcome back. Now, I um, uh, last week we didn't have an episode, did we, mate? It was um, it was just one of those things. And I think the thing for me, you know, work was really busy for me. Mm. Uh, we work was busy for you. Um, you know, Tuesday was busy surgery day. You know, on on Wednesday morning I was tired. Uh, you know, I went to go to work, had a flat tire on the bike. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, yeah, flat tire on the bike, so I fixed that. You know, I was late for work. Um, I, I was doing a procedure and I pinched my finger in in uh, in opening the laryngoscope and sort of hurt my finger. I oh, know. I went into a consult and a cat scratched me quite deeply in the finger, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I sort of, you know, and we had some other things going on and, and it was just all sort of getting too much of me. And I sort of had to walk out the back and take a little bit of a breather after the cat scratched me, take, take a little bit of a moment sort of thing. And it all did you, did of, you grab out a mirror and roll up a hundred dollar bill and crack out a 450 milligram Zilkane? <laughs> yeah, tempting, tempting, tempting. And, it, and then I also got an article came in through, uh, I think, through Facebook from, uh, from rescuedbytraining.com about trigger stacking. Oh. And I thought, that's exactly what happened to me. All these things just kept building up, building up, and then, bang, just, just one thing just tipped me over the edge. It was just all, all too much. And so we ended up sort of, we, we didn't get to record the episode. And it's interesting, it's a thing in dog training where, they, where dogs can experience, or cats as well, 
but dogs particularly, we talk about trigger stacking. Um, and it's, it's when you're working with fearful dogs, um, and it's something I think all owners potentially need to be really aware of. So it's when a dog experiences a stressful event, his body responds by increasing his cortisol levels. Yeah, which stress, stress hormone, cortisol. Stress hormone associated with a fight or flight response. And you know, it can take a while for that, that stress hormone to level down. So if the dog then faces another trigger during that period, his trigger, his cortisol levels will, if they haven't returned to normal, will actually elevate a bit further. And it keeps sort of stacking on top of each other. So it means that the dog can be more sensitive or reactive to triggers that under normal circumstances might otherwise be able to cope with or ignore and stay under threshold. So it does get to a point where, you know, there's so many things that are occurring to this dog in the environment that when that someone comes, the, the child goes over the dog, it suddenly bites without warning. Mm. But the, or they come into the vet clinic. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So under normal circumstances, one stressor at a time, the dog can usually hold together. But when multiple stressors happen at the same time or in close proximity, proximity, this pushes the dog over thresholds and sets up a scenario where the dog may bite or have an unexpected response. This is called trigger stacking. Um, and uh, um, even under threshold, when experiencing trigger stacking, stacking, the dog may be holding it together, but be showing increased stress or body language. It's important to notice all the potential triggers leading up to the dog's reactivity or behavior. If you only focus on the final trigger, you might be missing others that are also making the dog uncomfortable. Often when I get, when I get calls, uh, so this is, uh, rescued by training saying when they get calls from potential clients, clients claiming the dog bit out of nowhere, these are cases of trigger stacking. The dog bit as a reaction to something he previously was fine with, but it was a culmination of lots of triggers presented all at once. Or they'll get a call from potential clients saying, for example, my dog is afraid of skateboards because the dog reacted to a skateboard. But in reality, the skateboard was just the last trigger in a trigger stacking scenario and leading up to the skateboard there's a large crowd of kids running towards the dog a garbage truck a garbage truck another dog barking and a motorcycle had all gone by and then the skateboard was just sort of the final trigger mm. took us over threshold so while the dog may very well have concerns about skateboard this that isn't the only issue that needs to be addressed and it's important to notice all the things your dog is experiencing on walks and in the environment that could potentially be contributing to their behavior fear or reactivity Additionally, other events can be triggers. If your dog had a vet or grooming visit early in the day, he might still be a little stressed from that. If there was the thunderstorm or construction noises and your dog is noise phobic, that's a trigger. If your dog got into a squabble at the park, that's a trigger. It's important to know your dog's sensitivities and keep all those things in mind. Just because something happened a few hours ago or even yesterday doesn't mean his cortisol levels isn't still elevated. It can be a careful balancing act to help keep the dog under threshold and be able to keep triggers manageable and without one tipping everything over like a really tricky Jenga game. And then they go on to say, but learning body language is key. Knowing how to identify stress and uncomfortable body language is critically important. Just because your dog might be holding it together doesn't mean they're happy. There's a huge difference between tolerating something and actively enjoying it. And then they go on to say, go, go onto our website and download a dog communication handout, which uh, I certainly recommend doing. It looks like a fantastic handout. Um, so go to rescuebytraining.com um, or do a search for them and trigger stacking. And I'm sure you can find that dog communication handout. So fantastic little sort of uh, just little summed up, just sort of maybe how our week was, you know, 
last week and, and what, where my headspace was at that, uh, that we didn't get an episode out. It's actually a really, um, a really elegant way of describing it too. You know, trigger stacking. It's just trigger on trigger on trigger on yeah. trigger. I think that's brilliant. And my goodness, uh, what a what a brilliant way of describing what's happening. So exactly, that's that's going into my work vocabulary, Lewis. Yeah, Absolutely. we used to we used to we used to call a little bit uh, in the olden olden days a little bit of the ladder of aggression. It used to be called Ooh, the climbing yes. the rungs up to being aggressive. But I like yeah, trigger right. stacking. I think it's a it's a new new way of talking about it. So there you go, everyone. Trigger stacking. Yeah, if you'd like to tell us about your pets tr- uh, trigger stacking, uh, send us an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on, on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Patreon, uh, patreon.com, search Two Vets Talk Pets. And uh, otherwise, um, let's all go and count our triggers. Exactly. And also we are interviewing Philip Moses, the specialist um, specialist about brachycephalic breeds in a couple of weeks, aren't we? So if you've got questions about your pushed in nose dog, uh, your breathing issues, maybe any sort of issues. Sense questions sense. about uh, questions about what uh, considerations to make before purchasing yep. one if you're thinking about it. Um, if, if you know it, if you know any people that uh, that are thinking about purchasing one, any questions that they've got, get them to send us into it. Uh, send them into us at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. And uh, gee whiz, let's uh, let's get those questions answered. Fantastic. Alrighty, mate. I think that's a wrap. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. That was a that was a wolf crusher out. Out. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.